wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool and I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument is kinda hard I tried the harmonica but I really sucked I tried the guitar but my fingers couldn't do it I was ready to give up Then I saw a little instrument in the shop it didn't cost you much, so I gave it a shot Now I play all the time, and my friends do too And who knew, ukulele is the new black Yeah, it's the new black Everybody's playing it Cause it's the new black Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black I'm Meredith Harper, and I love to play the ukulele in this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why this little instrument has become so popular. When I went on the Joko cruise last year, I'd never heard of Jim Bozier, but by the end of that week, I was a huge fan. The first few times he performed, he was playing guitar, and he was pretty good. Um, then he pulled out a ukulele, and I was totally hooked. So I was determined to get an interview with him on the cruise this year, and I was not disappointed. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Well, I am ukulele player Jim Bozier. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Yes, very, very nice to be here. <laughs> of course, we're here on the Joko Cruise. Yay! Hey, and we're getting towards the end. The funny thing on this is uh, day one when we got here, you were up there on the stage and said, guess what? I've lost my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... 50% back? Yeah. Yeah, you know, if I, if I use my deep radio voice, it kind of works, but the higher <laughs> I get, the, the less there is of it. So, But but I'm very happy to be here and talking, and, uh, you know, you can uh, probably put it in some filter that makes me sound uh, oh, if I nice and deep and sexy. Because mine. mine's a bit the same, and I knew mine was a bit odd. But last night at the concert, and Jonathan Colton was playing songs. Yeah. And I, normally, I, can't, I cannot sing anything in his key because it's too low. I was able to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so I thought, yeah it gets mm, a little right yeah. lower and lower. Yeah, luck, luck, luckily, so far, I shouldn't say this because it's there's still two days at sea yep. to go, but I haven't gotten cruise crud, but I have had boat throat. So, <laughs> boat throat. You know, because I haven't been sick at all. Oh, sick, it's just, sick just at the all. voice. It's just my voice, and, and I really think it's the, the air conditioning and it's yeah. so dry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, dehydrating. Yeah. yeah, it most certainly is. Because every time we get off the boat, my voice gets better, and I think, oh, my voice is coming back, and then we get back oh. on the boat, and it's like... Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate when you come here to sing. It really is. <laughs> it really is. I've been playing a lot of ukulele for people on this cruise yep. uh, yeah. and not singing. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first time I heard you was on last year's Joko Cruise. Yeah. Because as an Australian person, you don't spend a lot of time over there. I have not no spent one, a lot of time Nobody over there. in Australia knows who you are. And I came on the cruise last year and I thought, oh, he can play ukulele. Oh, and I was so very much. impressed. Thank <laughs> so you. I was thank really you very looking much. forward. To, I was really glad to see that uh, you and, and Molly Lewis, the two of you, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. were both back on the boat this year. So I have now infinitely expanded my uh, Australian audience because now one person in Australia knows who I am. <laughs> That's right. <So>. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. I, can, I can double it or even triple it. My goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm I so know. glad I've taken the time to do the podcast. <laughs> Actually, I've got more listeners in the in the US than in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess just it's a bigger a bigger pool to draw from. I think so. We we've got you beat. You know, we're number one. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that expression. We're number one. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I've like, we like to chant it uh, uh, <laughs> uh, aggressively at people. <laughs> so, um, tell me then. 
So I know obviously you you play other instruments because I've also yeah. seen that you play guitar. So what was the first instrument you played? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was five. Wow, that's been and, a while. Uh, oh, that sounds bad, doesn't it? It right. sounds like you're 75, but you're not. I'm close. <laughs> I was, uh, 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 this year, hang on, let me think about this. Yes, it's 2019. Uh, August of this year will be 50 years of playing guitar. That's pretty good. Well, that's a good I age for me. I'm not far off that now. age myself. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you don't have to feel old. Yeah. So, <laughs> so whether Brian Adams was telling the truth or not, I did get my first real six string in, uh, well, yeah, in August, the summer of 69. Oh, my oh, God. that's so cool. <laughs> Hi, folks. It's Brian Adams here for you. And now I'd like to sing a song from Robin Hood called whatever that Robin Hood song was called. <laughs> So you started playing guitar at five and obviously yeah. continued to do that. Uh, yep, didn't stop. Didn't stop. And, uh, you know, when... Well, I, I really started asking, I started begging my parents when I was four to play guitar. Uh, and they would bring me into the music store and, you know, the guy who would teach lessons there would come out and they'd put a guitar in my hands because my dad was very insistent. Well, if you're going to play guitar, you're going to learn classical and you're going to learn how to actually mm. play, play guitar. Uh, but the thing about a classical guitar is the neck is wider than okay. a normal guitar. Right. And my hands were small and yeah, I was yeah. four. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we'd go in and they'd put a guitar in my hands. And the guy would look and he'd say, uh, uh, he was an old Italian guy, Alijo Di Berardo. He'd say, uh, he, his hands are too, too small, too small. And I would cry, <laughs> you know, and I'd keep, you know, the weird thing was, unlike most obsessions of four-year-olds, I'd keep asking, you know, it didn't, it didn't go away. So you always wanted to. So this. yeah, yeah, yeah. I always loved music, always wanted to play. Uh, but every few months we would go. Uh, and then I, I really think that my dad probably at some point slipped the guy some money. It was just like, <laughs> look, just shut this kid up. Just teach him. Because when I started playing guitar and this will, uh, uh, ring a bell for, uh, you ukulele fans out there, uh, you know, classical guitar is nylon string and my hands were so small, uh, probably the first nine months to a year that I was playing. I could only reach the top four strings oh. of the guitar. So you were basically playing so ukulele. I was basically playing like baritone <laughs> ukulele, right? Uh, little did I know uh, how that would happen. So, you know, that became a fascination. And I, I was always, you know, I was, I was not the kid you had to convince to go practice. You know, I was, I was always really excited about it, really excited about learning something new and figuring out pretty early on that if I spent enough time trying to do something, maybe today I wouldn't be able to do it, but I could see that I was a little bit closer to doing it. It was a little bit better, you know, and, and then somehow you'd, you know, the first time you play an F chord or something, you know, there's these magical moments where you think, Oh my God, I never thought I'd be able to do that. And now I did it. And, <laughs> That kind of, uh, I don't know, like dopamine uh, hit of practice equals feeling good because you're able to do stuff was really helpful in my, you know, learning how to play guitar. Yeah. And I just stuck with it. And, uh, you know, and then 40 some odd years later, uh, 
you know, picked up a ukulele and, and, you know, not that I hadn't picked up ukuleles before, but on this particular time, I guess it was about 2009, um, it just, it immediately struck me as relating back to when I was a kid and, oh, it's four nylon strings and I'm, I'm, you know, playing. And obviously with classical, you're playing with your, with your fingers, you're doing finger picking kind of things. And so it just, it, it immediately struck something in me that was like, oh, it's just different enough from guitar that there's still, there's stuff to learn. There's things I'm going to have to, you know, kind of concentrate on. Uh, but, but I think I know what I can do with this. And that's, that's kind of where the, that journey started. And he did some amazing things with it too. Oh, uh, thank you very much. The, I think the thing I remember most about last year's cruise was yeah. your, the Springsteen stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I started, uh, at the beginning of 2018. Yeah. This is 2019. So last yep. year, uh, doing a show called, uh, Bruce off Broadway, which, you know, he was doing Springsteen on Broadway yep. and uh, the tickets were, you know, $800 or something. Insane. So these people were buying them. Yeah, so. uh, pe- yeah. people bought. I, there was, I don't think, an empty seat the entire run. Uh, but, you know, it was just one of those things that at first it just starts as a dumb joke, as something that pops in your head. It's like Springsteen on Broadway, 800 bucks. What if I do Bruce off Broadway on ukulele <laughs> and it's like $10? Uh, but then, you know, you laugh and you're like, and then it's like, well, wait, what if I do Bruce <laughs> off Broadway on ukulele for uh, $10? And, uh, so, it, you know, it, it started off really as just a stupid thing, joke that I made to myself, but I had already been playing one of the first, um, arrangements when I started playing ukulele that I did. Uh, that I would do in my my normal shows, my you know kind of original music shows, I'd end with a cover, and I would do uh, Springsteen's "Born to uh, Sorry uh, Thunder Road" on ukulele, and it was really nice arrangement because, you know, you're you're the same person ultimately on any instrument that you play, and you know you're a lot of informed by a lot of the same ideas and whatever, and I've always enjoyed. Um, taking records that I love, particularly records with full arrangements, which tend to be the records that I love, and trying to play it, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I'd have my record player and I'd have a tape machine and I'd have a guitar, and I'd try to see, you know, with the the kind of finger style skills that I'd learned from playing classical, if I could make almost an orchestral reduction of the arrangement that was on the record, on just six strings yep, and be able to get a lot of the parts that were in the record that I liked in the, into the guitar arrangement. So that continued. Uh, and you know, it's a, a it's even more of a challenge getting it onto four strings, <laughs> but yeah, that just means to me, it's more fun. Um, so that thunder road song of, uh, of Springsteen's, you know, has that really nice piano intro and there's, there's, you know, lots of nice instrumental bits throughout so it, it was uh, really turned into a nice ukulele arrangement. And when I'd played it at shows, people really had uh, a nice response to it. And so, you know, I had that joke kind of banging around inside my head. And then after a couple of days, it's like, well, I do Thunder Road and people seem to really like that. And it's like, and, and you know, he's got a 40 year long yeah. songbook and there's so many songs. I was like, I, 
I bet you there's enough of his songs that I could do ukulele arrangements for that I could make a show out of and and Bruce off Broadway was born. <laughs> well, now we've said all that, you need to play something. Uh, yes, I can play something. I think you've got the right, I, right voice for it at the moment, but I, haven't but you? I, I will not be able to sing. Uh, you know what we'll do? Mm. Oh, look at this. I will send you, um, you know, Thunder, well, since we just talked about Thunder yep. Road, I'll, I'll send you a, a, a recording of that. Okay, yeah, that'd be uh, great. That you, because I won't be able to sing that. <laughs> People will not want to hear it. It's like, I thought I liked this podcast. Stop. <laughs> As a professional, of course, you, you you can't afford to have a crap performance. In yeah, well, and I mean, I, I don't I don't even think it would qualify as a crap performance. I, I don't think I could. It would get be through, a yeah. performance, but um, yeah, yeah, of something. Yeah, of something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Expectoration. Yep. No, no, we uh, don't want that. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. And yes, Jim did send me through the recording of Thunder Road. Here it is. Well, my car's out back if you're ready to take that line. 
porch to my front seat The door's open but the ride ain't free And I know you're lonely for words that I ain't spoken But tonight we'll be free All the promises will be broken This ghost in the eyes of all the boys you sent away They haunt this dusty beach road In the skeleton frames of burnout Chevrolets They scream your name and not in the streets Your graduation got lies in rags at their feet But in the lonely cool before dawn Your village is roaring on But when you get to your porch they're gone Um, so having said you are a professional musician, how, how have you ever had any other jobs or did you just play constantly? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Michigan and in Michigan there were people who played music on the weekends, you know, played music for fun but were getting paid on the, you know, on the side, whatever. But I never saw a full-time musician in the wild, you know, in, in, in actual flesh and blood. Yeah. So it never occurred to me that, you know, there were famous people who were famous musicians and then there were people who played music because they liked playing music and it didn't really occur to me that that was a thing that you could do. Uh, and then in my early 20s, I moved to Philadelphia and I still um, had, a, had a day job. I used to work for a, a musical instrument, electronic musical instrument uh, manufacturer called Ensonic that is no longer around, but they made like keyboards and samplers and effects units and I um, would write the manuals for the for the products and then later on I uh, started doing beta test which is is just basically as the product is in development testing out all the features and making sure they work giving fee feedback on you know this works but wouldn't it be better if it did it this way that kind of that kind of thing and in fact uh, w whether this is you can chop this if it's not relevant, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be relevant. Um, yeah, yeah, perfect. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I've uh, uh, then you've uh, hired the right person to talk to. <laughs> um, I met Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Colton of Joko Cruise. Uh, he was one of my beta testers at Insonic, like back huh. in the early nineties. Uh, so you know. Um, I knew him when I when I still had a day job. Yeah. I knew him when he still had a day job. You know, way way pre code monkey. Yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't even a code monkey as a day job yet when I first met him. Uh, but so I did that, and then um, and Sonic went out of business, and I did not have a job, uh, but I had been playing on the side, and you know one of my friends in Philadelphia. You know, it's like, well, why are you? Why don't you just do music? It's like, well, people don't do. You know, it's like, I do music full time. He's like, why? Why? <laughs> it's a job. 
you know, people people do it. Like, you know, people are doctors, people are accountants, people are, you know, bartenders, people are musicians. I was like, oh, okay. That and could be a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> let's see if this is a job. And that was, I guess, 96. And uh, look, it turned out to be a job. Yeah. So I've been doing, doing it full it. full time since then. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Oh, it would be awesome. It's, I was actually talking to Molly yesterday. It did really occur to me because one of the things – most of the people I talk to on this podcast are not professional musicians. Yeah. They're people like me who just play in their sp- spare time. Yeah, of course. Um, and I often ask, you know, do you hang out with other ukulele players? And, and she yeah. said, well, it's always a bit weird as a professional sort of hanging out with people who are not because it's the dynamic is weird. Yeah. Um, so do you find the same thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've done some uke festivals where there's clinics and stuff like that. And that's yeah. great because it, it's really, uh, I, I'm not necessarily great at, uh, dealing with beginner folks, but I'm, I'm very good at, if you play for me for five minutes, I can kind of assess where you are and think, here's a couple of things that I can show you that can kind of unlock the next step. Yeah. You know, because that's, you know, kind of going back to what I said before about playing guitar is I'm always uh, uh, very um, insistent that it's an equation of uh, time plus effort is just going to make the walls, you know, the obstacle, the wall that you're hitting and you're playing right now ultimately is just a matter of and and also probably some some knowledge of okay i see what you're doing i see where you're having a problem try approaching it this way or try this exercise and when you get this exercise together you should be able to do that thing okay, that's yeah, giving yeah. you so much trouble yep. and you know even with guitar you know which as i said i've been playing almost 50 years you know, there's still so much I don't know, so much I can't do, and and it's it's almost like 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 the horizon, right? You, you yeah. know, yeah, you, you can that. only see so far ahead of you. Then, when you get a lot closer to that horizon, there's all these things that you hadn't even conceived of before as being things that you'd have to work on or things where you could improve your playing. Um, this may be a little in the in the weeds, but in what was before ukulele because I, I would not have in, embarked on this if, if uh, while I was playing ukulele uh, but maybe I don't know 2003 four um, as a guitarist and this is a fairly common thing with guitar players they tend to play a little bit on top what we call on top of the beat so you know if you're you know there's a way of playing just a little early right. way of playing this just a little late not so much that it's perceived as being oh that person's not playing in time yeah but it's just more a matter of whether the feel it, it's all about the feel yep. uh, about where your feel is placed and you know a lot of times if you're playing on top of the beat it's a bit more aggressive has a bit more energy whatever a little bit behind the beat feels a bit more laid back a little little bit more gentle and as a guitarist i have a hard time playing kind of in back of the beat right and i decided okay i'm going to work with uh, recording software that has a metronome in it i'm going to you know practice every day play to that and then you can actually look 
on the computer and see where you're playing against the metronome and see where you are and, you know, and, and, and then really try to concentrate on that. And, you know, I took a whole year of like, this is, this is where my guitar playing, I mean, look, there's, there's lots of things I can't do, but there's lots of things I'm not interested in doing, you know, uh, but now a lot of the things on guitar, they're very subtle. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily obvious the improvement that I'm making to anyone else, but it's, it's obvious to me. But so this is, you know, I went from playing at the beginning of the year about 12 milliseconds ahead of the beat. And after working a year on it, I got to playing about six to eight milliseconds <laughs> ahead of the beat. So we're talking about spending a year to move so I got halfway there. by like four <laughs> milliseconds, which on its own is practically imperceptible. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, but it is perceptible. But you have to be at a certain point to be able to even hear something like that. So, it, you know, those kind of challenges of, well, what's the next thing I want to concentrate on? What's the next thing that I can do to improve my playing? They get, as you learn an instrument, they get smaller and smaller and kind of take more, you know, it's a lot more effort to get a much subtler effect. And that's fine and you do it and it's interesting and and it keeps you growing. But when I discovered uke, I realized one of the things that made me so excited about it was, oh, there's so much stuff that is immediate that I'm really hitting my head against the wall at. And wouldn't it be so much more enjoyable to spend time accomplishing big obstacles instead of doing all this crazy esoteric in the weed stuff yeah. that I've gotten down to with guitar? And, you know, like even just, you know, the, the biggest thing starting out was how to deal with the, with the octave G, you, you know, because... That is not a guitar thing, mm, and yeah. and and. Well, you can just cheat and put a low G on. Yeah, but I didn't want I didn't want to do that because you know because, in one way, picking up a ukulele took me right back to, the very beginnings of guitar, and it also took me back to oh, there's a lot to learn, and there's there's you know I can I get really excited about practicing again and really excited about, you know, just locking myself in a room and going okay this is the next thing I'm going to work on. But I also, I didn't want to just make it so that I was basically just playing guitar. You know, yeah. that, that yeah, was what right. was interesting yeah. about it was that there were new challenges. So uh, that was as much as anything else why I got into it, because it was a way for me to reconnect. I mean, this is, this is boring stuff about my life. But, you know, at that time in 2008, I did my last, well, my most recent studio album of my own music uh, and my record label at that time uh, decided they hated me. Oh. Uh, uh, and they didn't even hate my music. They hated me. Oh. <laughs> so you offended per- somebody. A yeah, bit. and particularly the CEO did not like me. And so they, they kind of punked me and they got me to finish my record and to turn it into them. And then they released it and then two weeks later, they're like, yeah, we're not going to support the record anymore. Oh. And I was like, oh, so you're dropping me. And they're like, oh, no, we're not dropping you. 
were just not supporting the record anymore. So people couldn't buy the record. You know, I, I, I had some copies shipped to me, thank goodness. Yeah. So, you know, I could sell it at shows, but it yeah. wasn't in stores. And they wouldn't drop me. Yeah, but so no I couldn't. So I couldn't give the record to someone else. I couldn't yeah. record for someone else. So that was a very kind of dark time. And, you know, I felt very kind of, I mean, it wasn't music's fault. I didn't blame music, but it, it just seemed like, well, what can I do? Yeah. You know, It'd like be hard what, not to what, take that person. Yeah. Like yeah. how, I, you know, like, well, okay, that was 20 years or whatever, whatever it was, uh, I guess 12 years at that point of throwing myself into something. And now I'm kind of boxed into this corner. And then, like I say, happenstance, ukulele. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start learning ukulele. And like, I don't know where it's going to go or what's going to happen with it, but it's at least something that I can do musically that doesn't have all this baggage attached to it. That it's just, and, and then again, because it was four nylon strings and I was doing the finger style stuff, it's like, oh my God, I'm five again. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just playing because it's the thing I love to do more than anything else. And yeah. it really... You know, it was very uh, uh, instrumental uh, in getting me through a very, uh, you know, kind of kind of tough time uh, mm. musically. So, uh, uh, yay ukulele! Yay! So, would you like to play something with, without singing? Uh, yes, yes, and and I think your listeners would enjoy hearing something without my singing. Anything uh, you like? Uh, sure, absolutely. Let's do it. Oh, and I'll say um, this is oh now oh. Y- this is good because uh, you know how controversy uh, sells the sells the oh, downloads. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to say something very controversial. Awesome. Is, the, is the intro to this? This was one of the first arrangements uh, that I that I really tried to to, to work on. Uh, besides just kind of getting a general feel for the instrument, and uh, I was talking with a friend about yeah, well, I'm starting to play ukulele now, and they're like, oh yeah, 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 I really like ukulele, and uh, they said, oh yeah, there's that uh, you know that version of Over the Rainbow. Uh huh. And um, okay, people, let's talk. Now, listen. I don't. I don't like to cast aspersions on the dead. I don't want to say anything bad about a, a, about a, de- a dead person. And, I, and 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 there's lots of other stuff that he did that was amazing. But over the rainbow is one of the most beautifully written compositions of the last century. I mean, it's so the chord progression is so beautiful. The, the matching of the melody to the lyric. I mean, uh, uh, boy, this uh, now I am going to sing a little bit, and I'm sorry, people, but, you, you know, the, the bridge. Somewhere. It's the entire melody is going up, 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 and over and back down. Yeah. You know, it's it this beautiful yeah. metaphor melodically. And he comes along, and it's four chords. Yep. And he's changing the melody. And, you know, to me, it's like, well, that's the lyric of Over the Rainbow, but that's not the melody, you know. And I'm, so I'm, I'm like banging the table with my friends, like, no, <laughs> that's not the song. No, 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 no. And he said to me, well, yeah, but you can't play that on ukulele. You know, like you couldn't play the real version on a, on a ukulele. And <laughs> I said, accepted. right. And I was like, <laughs> it has all the same notes as any other instrument. Yeah. It's an instrument, you know? So that got me to, I was like, 
I will show you. I'm going to come up with an arrangement of over the rainbow. Uh, so uh, don't don't as this as the kids say on Twitter, don't at me. But uh, <laughs> so here it is. You didn't actually tune that first. Uh, of course, uh, I was expecting to see some tuning going. On. It was in. It was in tune. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the keys is put it away tuned, because you know strings have tension memory. Yep. So uh, people who put like their guitars and their ukes and their cases untuned, it's like, you know, you think you're gonna take it out in a couple of days and tune it, but it's not gonna stay in tune because it's going to want to be where you left it. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have I have a lot of I have a whole philosophy about tuning. <laughs> Do you have a tuning podcast? <laughs> maybe you should have a yeah, tuning. Yeah, maybe podcast. I should have a tuning podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, but listeners who aren't on Joko Cruise, um Jim Berger is famous for tuning instruments. In fact, yes. you did that one the other night. They did the, the tune that thing. Yes, they, 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 <laughs> they turned it into quick. entertainment. They uh, <laughs> they took uh, a guitar and a, a ukulele backstage and they horribly, horribly <laughs> detuned them. And then uh, it was given to me and I was allowed to strum it once to hear where it was. And then they, they said, tune that thing. And they started timing me and... Uh, my times were pretty good, people. They were. They were pretty good. I was red team. Yeah, so I was the second one. Oh yeah, that was and that, that was, was about a minute, wasn't it, for the uke? The the uke was thirty eight seconds. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's, which is a world record, people. <laughs> a world record because it's the only time it's ever been. We that's did it right, two yeah. shows, and that was the faster yeah. time. So that's the world record. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> All right, I think it's time for the last question. All righty. Which is how has ukulele changed your life? Uh, well, really, it's it's kind of going back to what I was saying before. Like, ukulele came into my life at exactly the time when I needed to reconnect to music, to find a new way of connecting to music, to, of having reestablishing my relationship to music 
in a way that was uh, more innocent, uh, that didn't have a lot of the trappings of it being a career, and um, that was very pure and was just something that I was doing for the fun of it and for the love of it. You know, it's it's amazing having a career and so fortunate being able to do what I love as my as my living as my career. But inevitably, because it is your career, it becomes a job, and all of these kind of things that aren't related get involved in it, and it taints things. And here was ukulele, and it was you know off on on an island away from everything else that had to do with my career. And it was just something where I could go in my bedroom and sit and play and just be with me and an instrument and music and have that connection redevelop in a pure sense. And it was really, I mean, I'm not sure I would still be doing music as a, I mean, I can't imagine what what the hell else I would do because I'm not good at anything, but but I mean, I was boxed in. I, I and you know, and I still like it's whatever. It's 2019. I'm just now disentangled enough and thinking about writing the next batch of songs and making the next original album and that you know it's like now i've sort of spent 10 years in ukulele land and now it feels like okay i'm ready to go back in but without a vehicle for coming at music from a different way i don't know what would have happened and and that was the ukulele for me it was it was the thing that was like nah you can still play music it's still fun look look here pick pick me up Pick me up. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that was it. I like that answer. Fantastic. Good. <laughs> well, Jim Bozier, it's been an absolute pleasure yes, talking indeed. to you today. Thank you, Meredith, so Thank much you. for having me Thank on. Thank you. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and it was performed by me, Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Scullums and Jim Croft. Graphic design is by Seb Carrero. Episodes are released every second Monday and you can subscribe on iTunes or pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Our YouTube channel has a playlist of songs relating to each podcast episode. Check it out if you want to hear some more Jim Bozier magic. Want to support the show? Please subscribe, give us a review on iTunes and you can go to the website ukuleleisthenewblack.com to donate via PayPal or you can buy a t-shirt or a water bottle. They're always useful. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Speaking of dark existential horrors, please welcome to the stage, Jim Bojan. All right. Hi, Jim. Why don't you guys speak, whisper into the microphone. Hello, everybody. How are you? Jim's here to do about 20, 25 minutes of ASMR for you. No, Jim is here to do a, a brand new segment for Joko Cruise this year. We call this segment, Tune That Thing! <laughs> if it has not been made abundantly clear, 
to this point, Jim Boja has a certain history of being known for uh, being very good at and persnickety about the proper tuning of stringed instruments. We have a guitar backstage that Jim has not seen since the beginning of the show. It has been professionally detuned by Jonathan Colton himself. Please bring forth the acoustic guitar of doom. We are going to set the stopwatch. Jim will get one introductory strum to find his center. And then when you are ready, we'll start the timer, and you must tune that thing. One. Do you remember my time last show? It was two minutes and 16 seconds or something like that? Two minutes and 10. Oh, 225. Okay, sure, it was 225. Sure. Give yourself a little more room. So, one introductory strum. I'm done. Are you ready, Jim Boja? I am ready. Jim Boja, tune that thing! Start at the lower strings first. Interesting strategy. I saw I saw Kasparov do this in '76. Oh yes, this is of course known as the Boja question mark yes. stance. He's famous for it. <laughs> yeah, he says, "Is it in tune?" That is the question. Uh, then, Closer to the notes. Yes. He likes to feel the notes inside. We decided not to ask any follow-up. No. He immediately. is about to pass one minute and two minutes. I do you think he's halfway there? It's difficult to tell. It's very difficult. It's one of those things where it seems like a mess, and then all of a sudden it gels together. among those who know such things, that it can be even harder to tune a ukulele. It is. He, it said, is. he says so. Bring forth the detuned ukulele, please. Oh, my. All right. In the, in, the, in the first one, he said he could tell just by holding the, the ukulele. It's not as bad this time? Oh, yeah. Just... All right, once more, the rules. One introductory strum. Let me start the, the clock. Here's the old My Dog Has Fleas. Oh, my God, that was me. That was me. 
He plugged into the wrong DI. That is a not an auspicious start for Jim. Can he recover is the question. He's got a lot of time to make up. Here comes our My Dog Has Fleas. Okay, all right. This one, I, I think he might do it. I think, I, I think it's going to go very fast. Minute Jim, wait a minute six, I think. Think you can beat the minute six? All right, Jim Boja. About the same. Okay, Jim Boja. Two, that, thing. that we are speaking while he is trying to do this. This is not helpful. The new at sea record. It was aided by the wind speed a little bit. Cause it's the new black.